welcome to On The Couch, a weekly video series where mental health professionals discuss a range of issues related to mental health and well-being. My name is Dr. Tracy Rogers and today we're here with Miss Camille Bartholomew, an art therapist, and we're talking about grief, but specifically how children and young people grieve. Right. A lot of times we think that children and young people are just smaller adults, mm -hmm. but they're actually at a totally different developmental yes. stage, yeah. and they don't grieve the same way adults do. Right. So when an adult experiences death mm -hmm. of a loved one or something that they've lost, right. um, they don't children and young people tend to grieve differently. Why? So two things I'd like to point out, right, is that one, children are at a different developmental stage. Their way of thinking is different from an adult. Their way of communicating is different from an, an adult. And with children, when they experience the death of someone who's very close to them, yes, they may go into a state of shock, but their way of articulating or communicating what has happened is different from, <coughs> excuse, an adult. So what we like to point out is that children grieve in spurts or they grieve intermittently. And they also grieve and they need to have play. They need to have these little breaks where they can play and fill those little spurts. So we say mm -hmm. grieving in spurts and intermittently. Mm -hmm. So an adult um, might find out that someone has died close to them and mm -hmm. you s they, might, they might go into shock. There might be a period of immediately sadness. Right. Mm -hmm. It might go on for a long period of time mm -hmm. and then they might gradually work their way back Right. into functioning and relationships with other people right. but with children and young people we don't usually see that with children they would tend to be in shock or they would tend to be sad but their way of communicating it will not be the same so for example like an adult they might withdraw they might talk about the sadness they might start to talk about the memories of the loved one who died but with children they may need to play or they may need to move into a space where they feel comforted where they feel soothed where they may start to um, go towards another figure of attachment like a parent or an aunt or someone who's very close to them who can give them that comfort but yes they will still miss the person yes they will still feel sadness yes they will still tend to withdraw but they also tend to need that time and space to play yes. so what we do understand with adults is that we have um, a different approach when we are talking about grief and with anyone who's uh, experiencing grief they have their own process so we try to be very mindful of what is their process but at the same time helping them through that process so with children we need to include space for them to also play and to understand that they cannot sit for example within um, an hour full hour of just talking about death and talking about right. grief they need to have a little space to process. That's so important because that might be something that a parent might want to do. Yeah. They might want that child to now sit and talk about this. Yeah. But they might really need time to just move away, mm -hmm. play, go back to what is normal too. Because play right. is what is normal, mm -hmm. is what is safe, is what they know. Right. And they might just need to go back to that. Yeah. And then something else that tends to arise as well with parents is that sometimes they feel as though they cannot talk to their children about death. Right. They feel like they cannot say this person has died. But what happens is that there can be a lot of misconceptions when we say, okay, well, grandma went away or grandma is no longer with us or mom is no longer with us or our dad, he's no longer here. And then they start to wonder, okay, what does that mean? Where is he? Is he what coming happened? back? Exactly. What's going on? Right. Uh Mm -hmm. So, and, and a lot of that is sometimes our parents, our fear, mm -hmm. we're uncomfortable talking yeah. about death. Mm -hmm. So there's a way in which we need to be really clear with our children. Exactly. 
so that we don't set them up or have them confused. This exactly. is particularly the younger ones. Yeah, it's particularly the younger ones. And it is okay to say or to use the term that that person has died. It is okay to say that because then it helps to have a conversation about what that means. Yeah. Because younger children don't necessarily know or they don't necessarily have a concept of death, but from the age of 10, they tend to have a concept of death. So you can start to have these conversations at a uh, in a manner that is um, understandable for them, in a language that works for them. Yes. it's so. I think that's so interesting, you know, because we say that children will have a understanding about this at 10. So sometimes we think that at 10, it will just, the understanding will just switch on. Mm -hmm. But the understanding is being built in small bits and pieces exactly. as well. Mm -hmm. The other thing I always think really important when we come time to talking to children about grief you know and, and with anything else if you're not the expert some other child is going to be the expert right. on this topic right. so sometimes we think we're protecting our child mm -hmm. um from grieving or protecting our child from not understanding this right. but some other child is going to orient them to it and we don't have any control over that exactly so use the language don't be afraid to do it know that they're grieving differently yes and remember that grief is a process so when it's starting in childhood there's also a very good possibility that it will be revisited those emotions those memories will be revis revisited at a later developmental stage so i want to talk about that in our second segment mm -hmm. i want to talk about unresolved grief mm -hmm. for children okay yeah and how that may show up at different points in time as they're growing up Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check out our second segment when we talk about unresolved grief for children and young people. Thank you. couch we are talking to Camille Bartholomew we continuing our conversation where we examine young people and children and how they grieve when they experience loss so one of the places where we left off we talked about the fact that children and young people grieve differently from adults mm -hmm. and we talked about why mm -hmm. but you also started talking about the fact that children and young people can have unresolved grief mm -hmm. and it can show up later on so how do we define unresolved grief so one of the simplest ways to divine, define unresolved grief is by just pinpointing the word unresolved. So we understand that there are emotions, part of the grief process, that might be unresolved or might not have been addressed or processed. Because we understand when we go through something that can be traumatic, and death can be traumatic, especially unexpected death, mm -hmm. we need time to process it. We need time to give it meaning. We need time to go through, okay, how is this changing my life? Because your identity as well is changing. So for children now, when they are at age 10, for example, or age 9, and a child loses someone who is significant in their life, they may not be able to process those emotions in the same way. So those emotions may get pushed back. Because right? they, they, they may not have the ability to express right. those emotions the same way adults will. Right. To speak about it, uh, mm -hmm. to vent, to express anger. Right. So they may not have that full access, that full range of emotions. Exactly. We're going to understand what is happening to them. Yeah, because they're still building their emotional right. literacy anyway, right. and their emotional vocabulary. Right. So they may not go through all of that. Exactly. 
So when they start to get older, so let's say for an example that a teenager now is having their gra graduation, so milestones are coming up, and this teenager is having a graduation and they realize mommy and daddy is not there or daddy is not there, the person that died is not there. So then that is an opportunity, a prime opportunity, where a lot of the emotions start to come back, a lot of the memories start to come back. So that unresolved emotion uh, or that unresolved emotional experience comes back and they have to begin to think about, okay, what is happening to me? They might start to act out. They might start to react because there's a lot of anger around, okay, why don't I have this parent, but someone else has this parent? Yes. I feel guilty. Is it me who caused my mother to die in childbirth? Something like that, because they're hearing stories, but they're not necessarily hearing all of the details. So there's a lot of complication around, okay, what is the information that has been given to them? And when an adult loses someone, they have a really clear idea about mm -hmm. that rule, like what a father is, what a mm -hmm. mother is. But a child is involving into that understanding. Exactly. So that anger could come up for the first time when they're 16. Right. Um, shame could come up for the first time that I caused my mother to die in childhood. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those things, and it's almost as though they're now experiencing a grief. Yeah. for the first time mm -hmm. looking back to what we said about grief happening in spirits mm -hmm. and and there's a way in which and we see this as mental health professionals that unresolved grief shows up in other behaviors that we will call maladaptive behaviors right. behaviors that are not um, nurturing that are not helpful. Well, let's say that someone is experiencing these behaviors or these um, emotions, emotions and it's very painful, it's very anxiety provoking and they need to find a way to numb it, they need to find a way to manage even during a normal school day because school can be stressful and then you have all of these emotions that you're fighting with on the inside of you so you start to turn toward things that will help you to numb those feelings so for example this becomes a doorway for substance abuse so for example the use of weed, the use of alcohol, the use of different and substances that can help to numb the feelings that mm -hmm. are anxiety provoking and very painful and we also see self-harm yeah. so cutting could come mm -hmm. up a lot so um, and it and again especially with teenagers it's now colliding with the teenage experience itself mm -hmm. which is could, could be a time where we're trying to figure out who we are exactly. figuring out our identity mm -hmm. where do I fit in with friends mm -hmm. so we become vulnerable in very unique ways right. so unresolved grief has a way that it can it could creep up at that, those periods of time exactly and then because it's a time of individuation or trying to, or becoming an individual you also have this moment where you need to individuate from the parent or individuate mm -hmm. from this primary caregiver mm -hmm. but this person is no longer there so how are you going to individuate and then that is where really working in a group or being able to have that experience of grieving in a group helps because you are able to discuss these things and you're able to form new attachments and go through the process together so this idea of group work for young mm -hmm. people who are dealing with grief could be really useful mm -hmm really working with other people who have that experience because it's so easy to feel as though I'm the only person that's having this experience. Exactly. Yeah, especially for young people. Yeah. So we are going to be running some groups in 2018 specifically around using art therapy as well as talk therapy to process grief with young people. Yeah, so look out for that. Sign up in the um, indicator in the box below if you're interested and um, you know a young person could benefit from this kind of experience. Thank you so much, Camille. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for joining us on the couch. Yeah.